Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of a Hard Knock Podcast with your boy Ryan Brooks. What's up? Hey. Maybe I should like start the clapping. I should start the clapping like before I come in. Maybe that would make like more sense. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Um, yo, so we made it, y'all. We into the double digits, episode eleven. You feel me? It's holiday season. Um, I'm not that festive this year. I've been feeling like the Grinch lately, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We're still here. We're still making it. Now, what do we want to talk about today? On this episode, we're going to get into feedback. Tough topic right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we're, we're going to see. Um, we're going to talk. I got some, I got some opinions. You know, uh, as always, in, in full Capricorn form, always got opinions. Uh, but I want to talk about the art of feedback. I want to talk about navigating, giving feedback and receiving feedback. We're going to hit it from a few different angles. I hope you all get some um, valuable insights out of our discussion today. So first, um, first, I just want to talk about how important it is to to get feedback you know what i'm saying like it for for your business just in life in general but definitely for your business like we need you need to get like product feedback you want to get feedback on the service offerings you want to get feedback on your business um you want to get feedback from your employees from your customers all these different things you know what i'm saying like you want to get feedback because at the end of the day it's about creating value for people right and the only way to know whether or not you're creating value for people is to is to get that feedback from them, is to get the feedback to see if you are. And then also about like, are there different ways that you could be improving the way that you're doing it? All these different areas. The only way that you're going to learn a lot of these things is through feedback. So that's what we want to get in today. Today's episode is called The Art of Feedback. And so I want you to kind of think about, I also want us to shift our, our thoughts about what we mean when we say feedback, because if I asked if I was talking to you one on one right now and I asked you what feedback is, you would probably say something to the extent of like, oh, it is. Um, sorry, I'm getting like all these notifications um, at the same time, but you would get th- you would say things like, oh, um, feedback is if I tell you how something felt to me or if I tell you or if you tell me you give me some type of um like you tell me whether or not you like a color or not, all these different things. That's where you like, oh, that's feedback, right? I just want to shift our thought process a little bit. Feedback, if you think about it, even in like a state of computing, right? Like say that like, you know, you push a button, you get feedback, right? The button either does something where it like changes the way that the button looks or it sends you to a new page or it does some type of thing That thing that it does is feedback from your action. So feedback, as I want to describe it, is a response to an action or inaction. Okay, and when you think about it that way, it opens things up quite a bit because it doesn't necessarily mean having a conversation with someone um, one on one or, or, or anything like that. It could also mean Um, feedback that you get through your ad campaign, right? Changes in your click-through rates. That's feedback. Say that you change something about your ad and then then as a result, your click-through rate is changing. 
that change is feedback from the change that you made or the lack thereof. Or say that you um, say that you shift something in your business and you send out a survey. The responses from that survey is feedback. You know, um, it, it's about understanding that there is a reaction to your action or inaction and being able to read what that is to help you um, be able to uh, derive from it. This is weird. I feel like I keep like hearing notifications, but my um, thing is supposed to be on silent. So sorry if that keeps happening throughout this episode. We'll figure that out. But yeah, so feedback can come in so many different forms. Like I said, it could be in like like an interview kind of thing where it's coming directly to you from someone's mouth, right? Or it could be a survey. It could be studies. It could be um, quantitative. It can be qualitative. It can be obser- observational studies. Like basically, any type of experiment that you run, you're looking for feedback. That feedback is going to tell you whether or not your hypothesis was right or wrong. All those different things is all determined through feedback. And, and so... That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about feedback. I'm talking about all kinds of it. And I think that is really important as you're setting up your business, as you're setting up your products, is to look for that feedback and and really be curious and understand that you shouldn't just be building your business, building your products, building your services just off of what you think things should be. You should be curious and listen to the feedback to see how your target audience is responding to it. Um, what are the things they're saying? What are the things they're doing? And then tweaking your business and your products and your services accordingly. Okay. So in order to do that, something that you need to do is you need to set up feedback loops. Now, what does this look like? Say you got a product, say, say you got a digital product, say you got a course, you got an app, you got anything like that, it's really easy to set up feedback loops. All you got to do is set up different points within your product to ask for feedback, ask for things. You might see this in different apps when when they're on the app store and they're like, hey, can you give me feedback on on my product? Um, I know if you're like me, you probably click next and don't do it, but I'm sure a handful of you actually do click through and give that feedback. For those people who do, thank you so much, us product designers, Love and appreciate you. But um, that's one way of making a feedback loop. Another thing is say that you're running a meeting, right? It's good to at the end of or maybe even in the middle, save some time to actually um, receive this feedback is to um, ask, um, ask, can I just put this on do not disturb? I'm getting distracted by everyone. This is why I literally don't respond to nobody because I'm always doing stuff. All right. Let's put my put everything on do not disturb. Okay, so um, where was I at? Feedback. Um, let's say that you're running a meeting. Okay, so yeah, you're running a meeting, and you want to know how the meeting's going, how you can improve it, how you can do better at it. One thing that you can do is ask in the middle of the meeting or towards the end, so you can discuss it and talk about what went well, what didn't. Or let's say at the end of the meeting, you can send out a quick survey, ask people, or let's say, let's say in the last five minutes of every meeting that you do, you give everyone a survey and you say, hey, 
now I just want to ask everyone to fill out this survey in the next in the last five minutes of this meeting. I'm just going to throw on some music. And whenever you're done filling it out, feel free to jump off or continue to stay on, listen to the music. But, you know, find ways to incorporate collecting feedback into your workflows, into your products, into how you do things, because getting all of that, all of that feedback is going to help you in the long run. Another great thing are retrospectives. Say that you work with a team. If you're if you work in a digital space, you might and you work on like Scrum or Agile teams, you might be very aware, very familiar with the concept of a retrospective meeting. This is a regular meeting that you do every so often. Typically, it's like every two weeks or every week or maybe every month where you look back at the previous period and you talk about what went well, what didn't go well, what can we keep, what should we change, all those kinds of things. And that's a feedback loop. Those are ways that you can incorporate regularly receiving feedback and incorporating it into your workflow, into your product and everything. It's good to create these feedback loops because, like I said, your product, your service, your business, your processes, all of those different things don't work in a vacuum. OK, they're not solely based off of you and what you need. It's about what other people need, your customers, your employees and everybody out of the um out of the products or, or services or, or um, processes that they're working on. So you want to establish these effective feedback mechanisms and you want to have an experimental approach when it comes to feedback. Everything that I'll talk about is, um, it's so funny, I'm about to say something later in this call and I'm, and I'm using a lot of words. So I'm going to say like, oh, I try not to do this, but it is what it is. But you want to have all these kind of feedback loops in here because something that I talk about often is having an experimental approach to your business, right? Everything should be an experiment. You're like, hey, are customers willing to pay this price? Well, you do experiments looking to see how people respond or the feedback that people give to that price. One form of feedback is them actually paying it. Another form of feedback is them not paying it. I was just talking to my sister. She's working on putting together a business and I don't want to get too much into it and and like and and put her information out there until she launches. But I was talking to her about how she can set her rates for because um, it's ultimately going to be like some coaching slash consulting type calls. And I was like, here's a range that I looked at people that work within your range or, or work with what you do. This is the range that they typically work in. If I were you, I would start somewhere that feels comfortable in the middle of that and just start getting people to book calls with you. And I would say, let's say you talk to five different people. OK, you talk to five different people and let's say that your rate is two hundred dollars an hour. OK, for those five people, you tell them. In order to work with me, it's five is two hundred five hundred. That would be nice. It is two hundred dollars an hour. OK. And um, if five out of five people don't purchase, maybe that's some feedback, right? Maybe your price is too high. So let's take it down just a little bit and see what happens with the next five. If five out of five say 100 percent, I'm down. Maybe it needs to be 225. Maybe your price needs to be a little bit higher. People are a little too eager. If three out of five people say, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and purchase then it looks like the price might be just right. You know what I'm saying? So this is how you can utilize feedback to understand how to test, 
um, and experiment on different parts of your business. It's about looking for the right kind of feedback and and then determining what you need to do with that feedback um, to move forward. Is it pivot? Is it change? Is it pivot? Try a new idea. Keep testing. Learn more. I talk I talk about this a little bit when I'm talking about having an experimental approach to your business. And I guess I'm just putting it through a different frame because we talk about feedback a lot and I'm talking about you need to be open to it now. What I want to get into is what people typically think about when they're talking about giving feedback, because I know some of my friends are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, yo, Ryan's a hypocrite. He don't take feedback. He don't like hearing feedback. This and that. Blase, blase. (laughs) And here's the deal. I come from a research driven background. I, um, I, I, my master's degree is in human computer interaction. Okay. And a huge part of that is understanding. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but it's understanding cognitive science and how we as humans respond to things, how we give feedback to things, how we how we interact with things. And so a lot of a lot of what I learned in school and what I've what I've done over the past decade in practice is research where I am literally watching people work with products, watching them work with different things, watching how they interact, interviewing, listening to how they talk about the things, um, doing surveys, doing all this stuff, experimentation, all these different things. I've been doing them for the, for, for several years now. Okay. And I 100% that you say that you need to listen to your customers and you need to listen for that feedback. Now people are like, now, people will come to me and tell me what they think that I should do for this, that, and the third. And to that, I say, thank you so much for your feedback. I'll take it into consideration. And most oftentimes, I don't do what they say. <laughs> and then people are like, well, you didn't listen to me. And it's like, well, actually, I did listen to you. But like, I just, you know. That's just not what I'm going to do based off of the information that I have, because people have to understand that you can't take what one person tells you for face value. You can't like you just can't, yo, because, again, I want you to stop thinking about feedback as a singular activity where it's you talk to one person, they tell you the answer and you move forth. That's not what it is. It's a scientific approach. It's about science, yo. And it's not quant science. Well, it is a little bit of quant, but it's quant and qual. Quantitative and qualitative science coming together. One, somebody telling you their opinion of what you should be doing for your business, for your product and all that stuff is a very great, a very, very great representation of one person's opinion. And I don't know about most of you, but like, I would gather that you probably want to sell your product to more than one person. Half the time, the person that's giving you this feedback don't even want to buy what you're talking about selling to begin with. They're just a friend or some family or something, and they just got something to say because everybody loves to tell them tell their opinion about stuff. It was what they say. Opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one. Um, 
like, yo, you have to understand that everyone has an opinion. <laughs> I mean, and I feel like oftentimes a lot of people have opinions when they really got no business having an opinion. I'm not saying don't listen to them. What I'm saying is put them in the context of the greater whole, right? You should be looking for, and this, I keep saying this word. I'm going to tell y'all later. I keep catching myself and you'll see why I keep, why I keep doing this. But, um, it's very helpful to think about feedback in the grander scheme of the context around it, because ideally there's feedback coming from, um, there's feedback coming from surveys. There's feedback coming from several different people, ideally people that are your target audience. There is feedback coming from surveys. I mentioned that before. Interviews, usability tests, um, all these different types of experiments. It should be coming from all these different directions. And what you should be doing is collecting all of those different areas and putting together themes. Okay, you should be collecting all of that stuff and then grouping them and putting them into themes based off of the greater whole to understand what to make, what sense to make of the feedback. Because another thing that I've learned throughout that, that I've already learned in school, but also learned second, I, I learned firsthand through my studies with, with different products, you know, with different services and stuff like that is that. People often talk about how they feel or what they do and all these different things. And that that typically nine times out of 10 is going to differ quite a bit from what they actually do. So people can talk, 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 talk. But when you actually see them interact and see their actual activities and what they do, you'll realize that it's very different. Their motivations are very different. And so that's why it's really important to not necessarily take what people tell you for face value and then just move accordingly. You have to be able to take that feedback. Oh my God, yo, how are people texting me right now when I got my phone on do not disturb? Oh, it's mom. <sighs> I'm about to throw this phone in the other room. This is why I can't do stuff. Hey, y'all, if y'all watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and you are one of those culprits that hits me up all the time and I don't text you back, this right here is why. I be trying to do stuff, y'all. For real. It's annoying. But anyways, now I know. I'll just put it in another room next time. But uh, anyways, feedback. <laughs> so annoying. Um, it's so important to note that when someone tells you something, it's really good to take that information, store it, put it somewhere so that you can add it to your collection of all your other feedback and start to figure out what themes are coming about. Because those themes are going to be the things that tell you how to move accordingly. And just because you're seeing a theme about something doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, but it means that it's worth testing and exploring. You should explore, you should always explore it further. You know what I'm saying? So I, I keep kicking myself during this episode because I'm doing something that I'm about to tell y'all right now that I'm trying not to do. And I want to kind of get into um, 
giving feedback, the art of giving feedback, because I want what something that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to shift. I'm trying to do a shift right from um, giving advice like I don't want to give advice. And it's so funny because like I keep doing it in this episode and I probably do it on every episode and I'm trying to do better about it. But I'm trying to get rid of the wording you should do this, that, and the third. <laughs> it's so funny. But like what I heard someone say before, I swear I'm turning my phone off, yo. This is like bugging the crap out of me. There we go. I just keep hearing my phone like go off while I'm trying to talk. Um, What was I saying? Man. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm really struggling today. I just hate that. I don't know why my why my why my phone keeps ringing when I have the switch set. Okay, yes. Shifting from giving advice. Okay. So what I want to move away from is talking about what you should and shouldn't do because like ultimately I really don't know and nobody really knows what someone should or shouldn't do because we don't necessarily have all of the context around your life what options you have you know all these different things and so I, I saw this somewhere um, I actually saw this on a mighty network the, um, the owner of um, mighty network she actually said somewhere um, I think her name is Gianna and she said, don't give advice. Don't talk about what you should do. Instead, talk about experiences. And I love that. And that stuck with me ever since I, I, I saw her say that. And it was like, it's like, don't talk about like what, what XYZ should or should not do. Talk about experiences you've had or experiences you've heard of. And then open it up for people to make, draw their own conclusions of what way they should move forward. Because there's this saying out there that I just read in that book that I swear I keep talking about. I'm going to, I'm just going to like buck the mess out of y'all as I continue to bring this book up. But that chop wood, carry water book um, in there, uh, the, the sensei Akira says, mentions this saying, do you know what the difference between a pest and a guest is the difference is an invitation that's simple nobody wants your advice <laughs> nobody wants to hear your opinion i i definitely don't unless i ask for it <laughs> and this is so funny cuz i'm like putting out an episode about how you should look for look for feedback and look for all this stuff hear me out hear me out I don't like that. This kind of gets to my whole point about like the like the population of one. I'm not trying to hear anybody tell me what I should do, because at the end of the day, you don't know. You don't know what I should do. And y'all can definitely just like ignore me when I'm saying, oh, you should do this. Like what I mean by that is that in my experience, this has worked well or in the experience of the people that mentor me or the people that I follow and, and stuff like that. This has worked for them. But I don't actually know whether or not all this stuff is actually going to work for you. 
I think it will. Um, but I don't know. I'm not all knowing. I ain't God. You feel me? Like I'm not like I can't read into the future. All I can do is tell you about my experiences and the people and experiences of the people that I that I know and that I follow. And so that's what that's where I kind of want to draw the line about giving feedback is like, yo, it's about talking about your experiences, talking about the experiences of people that you've heard of or secondhand experiences, and then presenting all that information and allowing someone the space to um, to draw their own conclusions. And again, the difference between a pest and a guest is an invite. So don't just give that give that feedback or or, or um, yeah, don't give that feedback to people unless they've asked for it. Because they don't want it. I was listening to Simon Sinek, um, you know, s- several months ago, and he said something about like, yo, people don't want help. And I felt that like people don't want your help. It's patronizing. It makes them feel bad. People like, you know, when people come to you complaining about whatever it is that they're complaining about, which bugs the crap out of me because I'm a solver. OK, I'm a solver. Like when you tell me stuff like the like my heart of hearts wants to just solve the problem for you. But that's an anti pattern. You don't want to do that because when people are coming to you talking about their problems, they just want to be heard. That's all they really want. They just want to be heard, which is super hard for me. It's not like. It's something that's really hard for me to like turn off, but I'm learning and I'm working on it. Like I said, I am working on giving advice less. Unless you're paying me for advice, then that's literally my job. I am a consultant, so it is my job to give people advice. But if you're not my client, I really shouldn't be doing it, you know? And so people don't want that. Like, you know, people want to figure their stuff out and, and really what they want, what, what Simon was Simon, Simon Sinek was saying is when you're, um, when you have a friend that's dealing with a really tough time, they don't want you to tell them what they need to do. Typically what they want you to do is be there with them, sit there with them as they process it. And when they're ready, when they're ready to get themselves out of it, then you're there with them. That's all they want. They don't want they don't want your opinion or or your thoughts about how they should have did this or should have did that and all of that stuff. You know, like that's not what they typically want. I know my friends are sitting here talking about how probably thinking how hypocritical I am. Like I said, y'all, this is what I'm working on. Okay, I'm not I'm not out here saying I'm some type of saint that I know all this stuff. I'm speaking from from my own experiences of how I feel when people come to me and tell me what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Because like nobody really knows my life better than me. Just like I don't know your life better than you or the next person's. So the only thing I can speak on is my experiences. But when people are talking about the things that they're going through. They don't necessarily want your advice. Now, if they ask for it, that's a completely different story. But we're talking about business, right? And there are definitely situations, actually just situations in life and in general, where you got to give some feedback and you got to tell people what's up. And so I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what's worked for me. 
what I've shared with some of my direct reports over my career, what I've shared with teams I've led, and um, and what I've also done in my consulting work that I've found to be beneficial. And you can take it or leave it. Try it. This is me trying that. Not giving advice, giving experiences. So I heard of this model. I read it in this book called The Leader Lab. Really great book if you're interested in um, in leadership and um, you know management stuff like that. I definitely high key recommend this book. I literally gave away a copy. I have a habit of when I have friends over and we're drinking, I get excited about like the most recent book that I read and I force it down their throats and then make them leave with it. And so this was one of those books I gave away. I had to buy myself a new copy because I reference it so much. But the Leader Lab has this method for giving, giving really good feedback back to people. And it's called the Cubic Model. That's Q-B-I-Q. Okay? And obviously this is an acronym. So the first Q stands for question. And this question is basically where you're asking for that invitation to give feedback. It starts like, hey, I'm looking at an Ink magazine that's got Jamie Siminoff at the beginning of it. So I'm going to say, hey, hey, Jamie. Um, hey, Jamie, when you have a moment, uh, I got some feedback for, I got some feedback on our meeting that we had last week. Um, when's a good time for us to be able to talk about it? Or, hey, Sarah, um, I got some feedback. Mind if I talk to you? Oh, nope, not, not you, not Siri. Wow, dude, everything is, everything is interrupting this this week's episode. I am so sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> that's not a good name. I forgot I shouldn't use that name when I am near my computer because it's gonna think that I'm talking to it. So let's say, all right, let's say. Hey, Amanda, um, I've got some feedback on X, Y, Z. When can we talk about it? Or is now a good time to talk about it? Or can I give you some feedback on this? I'm going to keep it a buck. They could literally just be like, no. <laughs> End of question. They not open for feedback. I honestly respect that. If I tell somebody that I got feedback for something or I ask for, I ask for the space to give someone feedback and they just say, I don't want it. Okay. Cool. You know, <laughs> what do you do? I mean, that's all you can do, but that's what the cue is, is asking for that invite so that you're not a pest. You're a guest. You know what I'm saying? You're asking for the invite. Most people are going to say, yeah, or tell you the time or whatever. When I like, when I'm managing people and I got to give them feedback, like I, that's when I hit them with the question of when can I give you the feedback? Not if I can give you the feedback. I'm like, when can I like, like, does this time work for me to give you feedback on this? But the cool thing about it is that it primes people because when you're getting feedback out the blue, especially if it's negative feedback, positive feedback is typically good out in the open, sporadic, like praise, like that stuff is really good. But when you're giving critical feedback, you want to give people a moment to expect it um, because oftentimes the feedback isn't as bad as what it is in their head. So it's not even all that crazy, but like you want to give people a heads up around like what, what it is that you want to talk about so that they're mentally prepared and mentally primed to receive that feedback. Because if you catch them off guard, they're going to be, 
defensive, you know? Now, cubic, right? So that's the question, asking for the invite. The B stands for behavior. So you've got the space now, right? Now what you need to do is talk about the behavior that took place, whether it's the behavior of the app, the behavior of the person, the behavior of whatever. But the key here is you need to use plain, objective language. This isn't about feelings. This is about facts and figures. This is about what actually happened, what you saw, what you can, what you can describe that, was ha that happened right in front of you. This isn't about what you think something meant or anything. This is about what happened. Okay, what was the behavior? What happened? Okay, that could be things like, hey, Jamie again, when I said that the price, this is something that I do in consulting, right? When, when I'm dealing with forms of resistance, I just name the thing, right? Hey, Jamie, when I said that our engagement was going to cost $20,000, you made a face. That's a behavior. Doesn't mean what his, I didn't say what his face meant. I didn't say anything. I just said, you made a face. That happened. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about, it's not subjective. It's not about how I felt about your face or what your face meant. You know, another example is this. Hey, Amanda, when, I, when we were, uh, when you were going through your presentation, you started off by listen, listing XYZ. That's what happened. That's what she did. There's no denying that behavior, right? You want to keep it as objective and factual as possible, okay? Now, you get into the I, which is impact. We'll get back to our example with Jamie. Hey, Jamie, when I told you that the figures were $20,000, you made a face. Now, I'm mentioning this because that just made me feel like you're uncomfortable with this price? I'm not necessarily sure. And then you go into the Q, which is a question. What do you think? How does that resonate with you? Did you see it that way? And that way you open it up for a conversation to talk about the feedback given. Let's get back to our example with Amanda. Amanda, I noticed during our presentation, you gave, you, you talked about the way that we should list out the, I'm just looking at books over there. You talk about the way that we should do the calculus problem because <laughs> I'm looking at a book. This is calculus problems. And the reason I mention it is that when I was in school, I learned to do it this way. And I don't know that that necessarily will resonate with everyone in the room. Are there ways that we can talk about how we can make sure that everyone is on the same page on how to do this problem? I don't know. I just full BS made that just because I'm looking at a calculus book from when I was in high school. But like, that's how you get feedback in a way, in a healthy, you know, supportive way that opens up conversations for outcomes and, and, and improvements. You don't want to attack the person. You want to talk about what's the actual thing, the actual behavior, the objective behavior that happened and the impact of that behavior. That way you take away the two things. You're not blaming someone for some, like you're not blaming someone for something bad. What you're saying is that you notice something happened and you think that 
this this might this might a thing might have been a, a reaction or impact from that thing. And you're saying to them, how can we work together to come up with a better solution? And that's how you get feedback, y'all. That's why I do a work. That's that's how that's how I try to um that's how I work with my clients. And I hope that's a gem that y'all can take away. And the importance is around the dialogue and working together to come up with solutions for that feedback. I could do a whole other thing talking about coaching and how to go about doing that when you're working, when you're mentoring and when you're doing all that kind of stuff. But this is how you open it up. Because the whole idea is that this kind of framework kind of brings both of you together, looking at the problem together. You're both sitting on the same side of the table facing the problem, as opposed to you facing each other and treating each other like the problem. That's how you get feedback. And so. Oh, yeah. And then so (laughs) I'm kind of all over the place today and I apologize again, y'all. I know I'm just like. Whatever. This is just one of those days, I guess. But something I forgot to talk talk about a little bit earlier when I was talking about receiving feedback. There's often a lot of times, especially in, in our world with, with um, business, designing our business, designing our products, our services, all that. Like I said, you want to be getting feedback from all these different places and you want to be able to take the different feedback and put it into themes. And something I want to mention is when you're directly asking for feedback, Because this is something that you'll see on a lot of product teams. You'll see this with your own teams. It's good to have a culture of giving feedback and giving feedback directly to people. Now, when you're talking about your work and what you're doing, oftentimes you're going to want to get feedback from people. But just a trick of the trade that I want to give in my experience has worked is being very direct about what you want feedback on and the kind of feedback that you want. Because it gives people somewhere to focus. I've it'll save you also a lot of frustration, or, or I've gotten a lot of frustration where I want feedback on on A, but you're giving me feedback on B, which is already said and done, and I can't change. And now I'm like frustrated because I'm like, stop talking about that. I want feedback on this. But like I can't really get mad at them because I didn't set expectations correctly. I'm looking for feedback on B because A is already done. So that's what I want to give is when you're getting feedback, be direct around the kind of feedback that you're looking for and what you're looking for feedback on to give people the right direction. All right, y'all, this 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 episode is a little bit of a doozy. I think it's a little, this is a little bit of a tough one. I got people blowing up my phone. I got Siri bugging me. I got like, uh, whatever. We're out here. Like I said, I'm keeping it raw. I'm keeping it 100. I'm getting it straight to you. Also, um, as we're closing out this year, you know, the past, like this is episode 12 for the past, wow, 12. That means it's been going on for almost, for about for about three months now. That's what's up. But um, what I'm trying to do now is uh, I'm actually starting to think about who are some people, some guests that we want to get on the show. I finally just, my office has been a mess lately, so I've been working from from my uh, kitchen and all of that for a bit, but I finally cleaned up the office. Um, I got some little stuff that I'm going to do in there. I might move some of this equipment into the office. I like the couch. I know some people were hating on me on, on YouTube, but honestly, I'm keep vibing out on the couch as much as I can. And um, 
when we could have some guests here physically, I really like this just kind of interaction here on the couch. But I'm about to, uh, you know, do some updates in the office soon because in 2024, I want to have a lot more episodes with with some guests. So if there's someone that you really think would do do great to uh, talk to on the show, I'm open for any feedback. You know, feel free to comment, DM me or, uh, you know, message me or whatever. Email me. Let me know of, of some good people that you would like to see here on the show. And I'm going to start trying to do some remote interviews as well as in-person interviews here at the Hard Knock Podcast. So with that, we're going to close out today. I'm going to go hit the gym because. Nah, <laughs> I'm done with all of this for, t- for today. But with that, y'all, happy giving feedback and have a good one. Peace.